the hard truth with Tony Schaefer, powered by Six Hour, never settle. I had a choice of what I carried in combat. I always carry the best. I recommend you carry the best. The best is Six Hour, never settle. We are on the America Out Loud talk radio network, also available on the America Out Loud podcast network. Check us out, Project Sentinel, projectsentinel.net.com, and we're on Facebook, Twitter, or X, whatever you want to call it now, Rumble, and all the other sites, and uh, I think you all will enjoy our content because you're here watching us now. So without further ado, we're joined this week by Lord Conrad Black, uh, the author of The Political and Strategic History of the World, Part 1, which um, I'm sure, uh, no offense, is probably not as funny as uh, Mel Brooks's History of the World, Part 1, but I think it's much more important. So um, so uh, Lord Black is known for his insightful and profane profound commentary, profane, profound uh, on political both. issues. and yeah, Both. It's, it's, it's good to cover both. And certain, and has a certain, a certainly, a certainty made history, and certainly, I'm sorry, it's been a long day, I've been up early, has certainly uh, had a effect, a former on, on uh, history and on the direction of, of, of issues relating to politics because of his work for a, through a number of, of medium. He's been, uh, he was the former owner of the Telegraph in England uh, and the Jerusalem Post in Israel. Uh, he's also uh, been friends and associates with President Nixon, Reagan. I'm a big Reagan guy because I work with those guys still, and, uh, and President Trump. And he is here today to talk through uh, all these historic issues which relate to the importance of uh, the Bible, of God, of historic accuracy, the accuracy of, of uh, issues and, and uh, things that actually impact on our view of the world. In, in other words, I think he's focused on the truth, which I think we all are. So, uh, so Lord Black, uh, thank you for joining us on The Hard Truth today. Thank you for having me. So um, I said in the pre-interview, I'm a big fan of Canada, at least maybe the old Canada. Um, I spent some time up there recently. Uh, my son uh, wanted to go up and visit. We went to Toronto, mm -hmm. and we also went to um, to, to Quebec, up to uh, uh, to um, to uh, Montreal. And I like Montreal because it was like France without the French. So it was it's quite enjoyable, by the way. And um, they're, they're nice cities. They are. So, but to your point, I mean, I've noticed that within the context of our two countries, the governance of both countries have been degraded. And I would argue much of that degradation has come because many of our leaders have lost any moral center. That is to say that if you don't have a, a center of, of beliefs that are based on, I believe, God-given, God-directed, God-orchestrated uh, uh, um, uh I don't know, precepts that are necessary for, I believe, the good order and discipline to do those things that are necessary to, to sustain people, to enrich people, to get people to be productive and effective, that, that you basically have this chaos we're seeing now. And I know you guys have, see, have seen the chaos. We've seen the chaos. And, and I think it comes because we've lost our moral center. Is that, is that something that you would agree or disagree with? I think I would agree with it in part. We, we uh, the, the two countries are distinguishable. We have yeah. very little violence up here, and, and, and I'm not saying that in a, um, a pompous or a condescending way. We don't have the tradition of a revolution where your country was founded by people taking their muskets off the wall and going out and uh, making war with the governing authority. Yes, sir. Uh, we had a different tradition here, so uh, we don't have that tradition of self-help by recourse to firearms. And the uh, 
un, practically unlimited right of honest citizens to bear arms is isn't isn't doesn't exist here and mm -hmm. I, I have no objection to it by the way i think honest citizens should have a right to have guns if they want them um and we don't have the legacy of slavery uh, we you know all the people who came here i'm leaving out the native people now the indigenous all, right. all those who came here came here voluntarily so they can't claim they were transported here against their will and <clears throat> we um uh, slavery was abolished in the British Empire in 1832, but it had practically been abolished here. And when the French were uh, defeated by the English and, and the English took over what is now Canada, uh, there were only about 60 slaves in the country. And they had a, a mechanism under the French rules to work their way out of slavery. And, uh, and it was abolished in English Canada in 1791. So we just didn't, I, I'm not saying this, righteously there was never an economic reason for them in canada you know we, we don't have tropical crops like cotton so uh there right. was no need economically for slaves so we never had it so we have a, a simpler sociology and a and a less uh, complicated history in that regard but um I, I i essentially i think yes i do agree with you now let, let me be clear Yes, please. I, I myself am a practicing Christian, but it is none of my business what anyone else's religiosity is. Oh, I'm with you. Uh, but what, where I do, I think, uh, agree entirely with you is this, that if we have a society that has formally expelled and tried to exterminate uh, and ridicules any thought of any spiritual forces, any divine intelligence, anything except the material world we all indisputably know and is tangible and visible to us. If we do that, we are creating a vacuum in the human mind and in society that ultimately is going to be filled uh, by, by sinister people. And on a worst case, uh, depending on the state of vulnerability of the society in question, a horrible pagan monsters like Hitler and Stalin. And if you look at the great parades that Stalin put on, the tremendous festivals of the Nazi party under Hitler, they were pagan festivals. They were clearly a substitute for the divine and the fabulous. And, and the result is too notorious for us to labor it here. The result was in the death of millions and millions of innocent people. And, um, and so as a practical matter, as well as a logical matter, we need the retention of a respect for the idea of spiritual forces. And, and incidentally, the greatest act of faith of all and the most misplaced one is atheism. If you focus on banishing any thought of any uh, higher or other uh, power or authority, it takes it takes a much greater and less justifiable, logically justifiable act of faith than 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 uh, than a reasonable, moderate practice of of, uh, of a faith. So um, I often uh, tell people I'm a, druid, uh, I'm a druid just to get them to recognize that it's necessary to have freedom of thought. And by the way, the idea of sky-clad ceremonies with naked women is not a bad idea, but I digress. Uh, but regarding that, I too believe deeply in God. I would not, I've done a lot of dangerous things my entire life as, a, as an intelligence operative, and I'm happy to still be here uh, in one piece and, and talking. So with that said, and, and by the way, I appreciate your 
framing the differences between our two countries uh, the way you did. I actually live, I'm in North Carolina this very minute. I live on an old plantation. I'm looking out right now across uh, the field. Uh, I can see the Albemarle Sound, and between the sound and me is a, is a field that has been uh, producing cotton since probably the 1850s. The, the Edenton, North Carolina is one of the oldest towns in North Carolina. And and yeah, the, the, the nation, the Southern nation, the Southern part of the United States depended on uh, labor for its economic benefits. And that was something that had to be changed. I, I um, My colleagues and I get into the issues and discussions regarding the Civil War. And uh, I, I do believe that the Civil War was necessary, unfortunately, maybe I'm a minority, but I do believe it was necessary and I'm one of those down here. I, I'm transplanted down here. And a lot of folks who were formerly uh, Democrats have become Republicans and recognize the need to, to basically integrate those back into society. One of the things that we've had a hard time with, to your point, is that there's still a self-isolation uh, of the black community here, which is kind of it, it baffles a lot of us because it's kind of like, hey, uh, we really want everybody to benefit from the benefits of, of the U.S. economy and the uh, ability to essentially generate your own um, your own um, fortune, your own your future. And it's a very difficult mindset to break that to, to get people to say this, this free we can guarantee you freedom of opportunity. We cannot guarantee you freedom of outcome. And it seems to me, uh, Lord Black, that that so much of what the left does is they try, and you brought up Stalin, you, you brought up Hitler. A lot of those folks want to guarantee outcome. They don't want to guarantee opportunity. Opportunity is dangerous. That means people are going to be going out there and doing things which not necessarily are not necessarily easily controllable. But so much of what the left wants to do is try to promote the idea that we will help get, give you an outcome that you, you that you want, and ultimately, the outcome of the Soviet Union was tragic. Uh, Breadlines, uh, you know, the whole utopianism of of Adolf Hitler and the Nazi dream, the nationalistic dream. These things all, to your point, I believe, take the place of spirituality and the ideas of of basically having the freedom to to chart your own way and try to be everything you can be. So that's a long way of asking my next question. But do you believe then by the fact that you have these forces today which have um, become uh, agents of chaos, they've become agents of, of paganism? I would argue the, the whole green the whole green uh, movement is uh, their replacement for God. They become so focused on CO2, which is a plant food, as a derivative of religion, of their religion. So is that, do you think that maybe a lot of these things that we're seeing right now is, is taking the place of God within the context of the left? I think indirectly. In the case of the green movement, um, our, our foes in the Cold War showed a talent at improvisation that I certainly would never have suspected that they possessed. And when the West won the greatest and most bloodless strategic victory in the history of the world in the Cold War and the Soviet Union disintegrated, but a shot being fired right. and international communism collapsed with astounding spontaneity. The defeated international left crowded onto the environmental bandwagon, which at that time was uh, populated only by authentic conservationists. Now, some of them, like Greenpeace, were often very tiresome. You know, they'd uh, harass American aircraft carriers when they came to make a goodwill visit in a foreign port and things like this, and, and badgered the French nuclear tests and 
uh, in the South Pacific and until the, the French sunk the Greenpeace warrior in, in New Zealand. But the, the, um, uh, they, they crowded onto this bandwagon and attacked capitalism from a new direction, claiming to be protecting the planet. And no. I, I must say, they caught us absolutely off guard. It was it was a ideological equivalent of Pearl Harbor or something, you know. And I, it took the longest time for for the forces of good sense to start to respond and say, "Look, here we can't impoverish our societies because of a totally unproven theory that otherwise we're all you know we're all going to drown, uh, you know, even even you know in the low." country of North Carolina, according to the former Prince of Wales, now His Majesty the King, or your former Vice President Al Gore, who at least made yeah. a lot of money out of it, uh, you're yeah. supposed to be swimming there in the, in the you know, literal of North Carolina You were, and for the last 10 years. And, and, and they, they, they've kept this balloon in the air for a long time. But I, I, think, I think to some extent, you're quite right and perceptive in saying there's a transposition yeah, instead of worship, we will at least worship the environment, the world we know, without getting into how what the creation of it was like or or, or how it happened. Um, but I also think there there is the tactical, contemporary ingredient of the defeated left, the debunked Marxists, scrambling onto this bus when it happened to stop right in front of them, uh, taking over the the steering wheel putting their foot to the floor over the accelerator and, and saying, get on board because uh, otherwise, if you continue with your capitalist ways, the world's coming to an end. Now, how yeah. we were dumb enough to buy into that is another issue. And, and we're still just starting to you know come out from under it and say, look here, this is rubbish. We don't know this and we're not doing it. But it's, yeah. it's taken a direct hit to the to, to the economic well-being of the masses of the Western world before we got there. Now you yeah. have these demonstrations all over Europe and North America saying, you know, the hell with this. We'll take our chances with, with uh, you know, a warming, you know, 50 years from now in the world. Uh, but but we're not interested in going bankrupt now, thank you, and having our homes repossessed and so forth. So we're, right. we're starting at least. So we're talking with uh, Lord Conrad Black, the author of, Political and Strategic History of the World, Part 1. We're having a, a good conversation about some of the root issues and causes of the chaos we're seeing. So this may surprise you, Lord Black, but I actually got a degree in environmental studies back in 1986 as part of my undergrad. And better that was, than gender studies, but you well, can't make a living but, out of it. Yeah, but that's the point. It's like that I was taught weather. One of the one of the things we were taught, the, distinct, the, the clear distinction between weather and climate. Uh, we were actually taught as one of our finals uh, how to do weather forecasting, and weather forecasting is is separate and distinct from climate. <laughs> just, I mean, does weather impact on climate? Absolutely, but you can't actually measure climate without looking at it at at, at ten to fifteen to twenty thousand year blocks of time. You have to look at right. geologic time to understand it. And secondly, uh, the the idea that nuclear was bad was like no, nuclear is good. One of my one of my degree one of my finals for the degree was to draw from memory without any books. It was not an open book test. You had to draw from memory and diagram a nuclear power plant from memory. That was a requirement for the degree. So my, my point to you, sir, is I got the degree back when it was a degree in actual environmental issues. You actually had to study the environment, understand power, energy, weather, 
climate. It was all scientifically, uh, you know, before it became essentially an extension of the political left, to your point, where they, you know, basically took and bastardized all this for purposes of trying to use it as a, as I would argue, their 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 replacement of a religion, yep. because it, it, they now worship at the at the at the uh, at the altar of green. And and by the way, you know, the youth today, the youth have been propagandized to believe that somehow, and you know, uh, one of these congresswomen, you may have heard of her, the uh, 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 Miss Ocasio Cortez. Uh, that the world's going to end in 12 years. It's like, no, not nowhere near. But yet they, they tell these kids, they convince these kids that we, the older generations who actually have an understanding of this are somehow trying to, to lie to them because we want to actually destroy the world. And it's, it, it is really horrific. I believe to see such a, um, a demunition of objective thought and, and in place of it, put this emotional, you know, Greta Thunberg technically has a bigger audience and 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 voice than I do, even though I've got a degree and she's a high school dropout. It, that's how crazy it is. I mean, yeah, it, it's absurd. Of course, it's absurd. Ocasio Cortez, look, frankly, is rather an attractive woman and 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 a, politically quite a saleable candidate, I guess. But she just spouts rubbish. I mean, it's just rubbish. Yeah. She she thinks we all have to give up eating meat in order to spare the environment the flatulence of cows and uh, and it, it, what we what we lose in increased uh, heating cost to heating our homes or, or operating our automobiles we'll make up she said in funeral expenses as if she's promising immortality to everybody yeah. I mean, it, it, she, it should, as I say you know, it's nonsense it's just nonsense but the history of the world is replete with outbursts of nonsense and yeah. we just have to well, rise above it you know Unfortunately, well, the yeah. economic interest of the great majority of the people is starting to weigh heavily against this myth making. So that's why I wanted to go to your book. So uh, this was a long way to getting to your book. So you know the the political strategy, the the the, po the political and strategic history of the world. So my my degree is in political science uh, and environmental studies. Had to do so. I'm a big student of this. Now I got to be honest with you. I did not study uh, a lot of these to the level of your book. Um, I was primarily focused on American politics and uh, essentially uh, it was during the Cold War. Uh, my, well, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. That's volume three. That's volume two. But so let's talk about volume one. So um, one of the things obviously you go through, you talk about the Bible's ties to history and some of the Homeric and, and Trojan War. So what what are the couple of things you want to highlight or you want to talk about that, that people would find in your book if, if, when they read it regarding these issues and, and the, the, the ties to the Bible, for example? Well, look, we I do my best to distinguish between folklore and um, reliable history. Right. And when you get to the Old Testament, you, you, you have elements of both. And I try and I do my best to make the distinction and where appropriate I caution that the, it, it, taking this literally that that should be done uh, that should be that should be done cautiously <clears throat> but there are there are a lot of uh, elements of evidence that some of the factors famous in the Old Testament had a basis in fact for example it's been reasonably well established that at the time of the uh, departure of the Jews from Egypt, uh, the water levels were on unusually low in the Red Sea, so that might have assisted them in wading across part of it, you know, instead mm -hmm. of 
instead of you know just walking on the water and um uh and and there is no doubt for example that they that they made the very intelligent strategic move of moving uh straight east and then north and then returning to the promised land from the east a direction that was not anticipated it was a very it was it was like the german invasion of france in 1940 it was a sort of um uh, a very clever move of ending up attacking from the from the rear, uh, but it wasn't you know that was in that way that they cautiously repossessed what was to them the promised land. Uh, right. I, I, what I uh, you know I, I I'm I have to deal with I deal with history that's reliable, and right. so and and so I you know I, as I say I make that demarcation as best one can, um, yeah. but on the larger point of the role of religious thinking or theological thinking in the human mind that has always been there. And from the earliest times, there was this tension between the chief theological person in any clan or tribe or form of government and, and, and in the Old Testament, generally known as the high priest and, uh, and, and the secular leader. Now, yeah. there were attempts by both to combine the positions, you know, the Jewish faith held that from time to time, Yahweh, Jehovah, entered and possessed the mind of the king to give him supernatural guidance. And and uh, one of the great problems of King Saul, the founder of the kingdom of Israel, was that he was accused of taking uh, the wisdom of the Almighty for his own talent and and. Uh, abusively expanding his authority in respect of it. So right. it, the point is made early on that there is this, the, you know, there is this place in the human mind that requires to know as much as can be known about how the world originated and what uh, supernatural forces influence the world and, and can be propitiated, you say. And, yeah. um, and, that, and that continues to this day. So uh, there, the, the relevance of of the Old Testament is very high, and of course, the particular contribution of the Jewish people and and the principal reason for their historic influence far beyond their numbers, apart from the the uh, inordinate number of very talented people they've had, uh, is that they were the pioneers of monotheism. And the right. in the in the early Roman Empire, the early Christian era, um, uh, the the Romans for a time thought the Christians were just a branch of the Jews. They, yes. they didn't. Of course, they didn't make any distinction. Of course, they didn't it, 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 any more than Pontius Pilate did. Attached right. a great deal of significance to whatever might be unusual about Jesus. Uh, I mean, uh, the Romans with Israel, they didn't want to govern it. They, what they wanted was someone like King Herod who would govern it in their interest, and they right, would right. leave one legion there to help maintain him in office if necessary. The, 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 the Roman Empire was sort of in, in rings like a tree, and the inner parts they governed, but on their frontiers, they wanted friendly states. They didn't have to be bothered governing, right. they knew how onerous that was. But but was governed by people friendly to them, who they whom they helped maintain themselves in power, and that was the case with Israel. And and there was a very great pro-Roman tradition at times amongst the Jewish people. And for example, when Julius Caesar was assassinated, 
he had always been friendly to the Jews in Rome and in Israel. And yeah. uh, he, he allowed the Jews to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and reestablish their own government. And, and when he died, the Jews came out in strength to his funeral. And, yeah. and, and chanted the Kadesh at his funeral right after Mark Antony's famous speech. So it, it, there, there's a very long history of these things, and, and at times quite a sophisticated history. Now, one of the things I'd like, I, I, I can already tell I'd like to have you come back, because one of the parts of the Roman Empire, by the way, a guy named Joe Dunford, four-star general, G general Do G fighting Joe Dunford, used to lecture me. Every time I got together, he would lecture me. Uh, before we started our meeting on Roman uh, army tactics. He, he was a deep historian on this. But one of the things I'd like to have you come back and talk about at some point, if you're comfortable with it, is the whole issue of Trajan, Trajan being a leader from Spain. And uh, the kind of, uh, he was, from what I can tell, a, a fairly good leader. He was one of the, the he better was a great emperor. emperor. Yeah, and so I liked it because I think there were some great lessons from those times to include him and and, and all that. Unfortunately, we don't have time today to go through that. We'll have to start wrapping it up. What, so, but one last question regarding the the origins of 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 the concept that somehow the Jews are quote unquote occupiers. One of the notable features of your book and others indicates that the the Jewish the Jews have been in that region since before the Islam faith even existed. So um, more I don't than know a how thousand you feel years before it existed. That's what I'm saying. So I I find it obtuse and and uh, historically un unsupportable that somehow the 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 Israelis the Jews are set are, are are quote unquote occupiers of this land. So do you want to touch about really just about a minute left on that? Could can you touch on that real quick? Yeah, the, look, I, I have great sympathy for the Palestinians as castaway people who have been used as pawns by the Arabs. No doubt. But they, they, they are descended from the Philistines, and they landed by sea, and they never governed anything there. They, they, yeah. they were always a minority, either in Phoenicia, uh, Syria, Israel, Egypt, uh, or in, in the Persian Empire. And then, and then, of course, the Romans, and then the, uh, then the ultimately the Ottomans, the British, and, and current times. But yeah. um, their claim is based entirely on the British promise in 1917 to create a Jewish homeland without compromising the rights of the Palestinians, Christian and right. Muslim. And 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 the idea that the Israelis are occupiers is rubbish. They've been there longer than anyone and as long as history goes backwards and and uh, the palestinians have their rights but they could have exercised them anytime in the in the last 25 years but they will never have a state until they recognize the right of israel to exist as a jewish state lord black i've been talking about this constantly in the media and, and that's the fundamental hang-up right now at the time we're talking regarding a ceasefire and what comes after basically the Israelis have said, until you can recognize us, we're just not into the ceasefire thing or a settlement. Look, so no I, one told Roosevelt to have a ceasefire two months after Pearl Harbor. No one told no, them to have a ceasefire two months after 9-11. A war is a war. They started it, and, and they're going to pay for it. Yeah. So, no, I, I appreciate the, 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 the clarity, the historic clarity, because I've been trying to say this as a, as a knucklehead who talks on TV and, and, and try to make this point over and over. And I appreciate your being here with us today. So, so Lord Black, you know, our time is up. It's been fast because um, I know you got to go. you got a heart out here. Uh, and, and so what we'd like to do is invite you back. I'd like to have a, another discussion with you to promote your book. And I'd like to go through a little bit more about the Alexander the Great issues, because I think we've, we're still learning lessons from Afghanistan. I mean, I mean, that's one of the places that empires go to die. Alexander spent some time there. 
And I think yeah, some he of was the other successful, issues. Though, and, he, and he had an Afghan wife, too. Yeah, so I'd like to talk more about that because I think he got it right. Other empires have not. And then also, I'd like to talk about Trajan and some of the other. Uh, I think there were several Roman emperors who were seen as the good emperors. And I'd like to kind of explore a little that about Nerva, that as well. Trajan, Hadrian, Antoninus, Pius, and Marcus Aurelius yeah. from so, 90, 98 to 180 AD. The five so, good emperors in a row. Yeah, so I'd like to, to have you come back if you'd be willing to do that, because I really enjoyed our conversation delighted. today. I'd be glad, but uh, next time you've got to call me Conrad. Uh, my, Conrad, my, yes, sir. I'm a dual citizen Canada and the UK, and my title, uh, get, well, along with the correct fare, gets me on the public transit system anywhere in the world. Well, it's, good, I, it's, good, both, it's good for making a dinner reservation in London. And we're both colonels, so, you know, you put two colonels together, you get Jiffy Pop, right? So yeah, there we, you go. We, full bird colonels. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's it's truly been a pleasure, Conrad, to speak to you today about your book. And again, this is reminding you all, the, the, the Political and Strategic History of the World, Part 1, by Lord Conrad Black. Conrad, I, I sincerely hope people will come out and pick it up. I'm going to order this on Amazon so people will know I'm going to actually read it. Because I actually do need, and I do actually study history so I can actually speak with some level of intelligence when I have to talk about these things publicly. So, uh, Conrad, thank you for joining us in The Hard Truth, and we'll have you again, uh, hopefully, in the next few, few months if you're willing to come back. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks so much, Tony. Nice speaking. Thank you, sir. And so, anyway, that's it for part one of The Hard Truth. We'll be back with the rest of the team to talk about what we just talked about with, uh, with Lord Black, with Conrad, and we'll be back uh, right after this, uh, these announcements. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flu, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. 
Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% 25% off. Many voices, one freedom, united in the First Amendment. Our goal is to herald the voice of genuine liberty at AmericaOutloud.news. A place where you'll find the naked truth expressed with a patriotic heart. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Outlaw Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Hey, this is the Hartfits, Tony Shaver, part two. We're still powered by six hour, never settle. I had a choice of what I carried in combat. I always carried the best. I recommend you carry the best. Never settle. And uh, we are still on the America Out Loud talk radio network, also available on the America Out Loud podcast network. Check us out, Project Sentinel, projectsentinel.com.net. And we're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Rumble, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm joined now uh, for the part two of the show with uh, the um, the ever diamond shining and uh, reflective Elizabeth Breckenkamp. Wow, that's the, a really good description there. And the and the the that's <laughs> thank you. And then the rainbow esque and always colorful Chris Cordani. Vegetable rights and peace. That's right. So uh, <laughs> it's been a long day. Yeah, Chris and I are like, it's been a long day. We have this is like, how many hours have we been talking today, Chris? I, mean, this is I like, know it's, it's, it's this has been talk radio week for us. So it's, uh, yeah, it's I know it's like, man, now. oh man. So you know, it's tough to be on your toes, so to speak. And it's and and so um, and by the way, the audience, uh, you know, we had a special visit by Anthony Fauci this morning on our other radio show, right, Chris? He showed uh, up, yes, and I, I was yes, yes. He looks like yeah, David Letterman. He did. He I did. You were joking. I know. Really did. Well, kind <laughs> of. We kind of did. We kind of did. Yeah, I had to apologize because I said he was uh, in his retirement. He was going to go around and do uh, inspection of all the bedpans in all hospitals with a crack team. So I had oh to apologize for that. Yeah, crack. I know. Crack team. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Good stuff. Hello. Oh boy, Hello. that's that. Uh, that's right. Ding, the rim shot right there. That's, that's, that's right. That's right. So, but no Fauci for you, Elizabeth. Sorry, no Fauci for you. So anyway, that's so better than Fauci uh, is uh, Lord Conrad Black. We've been talking to him first part of the show. Uh, I really enjoyed our conversation. He wrote the book, "The Political and Strategic History of the World," Part One. Again, not as funny as Mel Brooks' History of the World Part One, but I think much more effective and many more lessons to be drawn from, although there's lessons in both. 
um, mm-hmm. and it was a good conversation. So uh, I think a good place to start with our conversation for part two, Elizabeth, is uh, your 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 um, your your diamond esque focus on one of the things you said regarding atheism. So you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. So Lord Conrad Black had talked about, um, you know, faith in God, faith, whatever kind of religion that you choose. um, And basically talking about the, the progressives, although I like to call them regressives because really what they're pushing forward does not progress human nature. It causes us to regress. Um, They know that when they remove God from everything, your faith, our natural human tendency is to replace it with something. Right. And that's why they were so, they're so united. The Democrats, the liberals, the, the, the mainstream media, they're all on board with pushing the green world, being green, worshiping the creation instead of worshiping the creator. And he, you know, Lord Conrad Black was, you know, talking about the uh, Bible history, and that's so true because in the um, in the Book of Romans, the very first chapter, it talks about that in detail and explains the consequences, very detailed. So if like anybody is kind of confused about what that means, just Romans chapter one, but it makes sense. And so that's why that's what the AOC and what they're all pushing the Green New Deal. Let's love Mother right. Earth. Not not the one who created it, but um, yeah, and so that's how they're able to you know push all this crap in right. school to start very young with the kids, and that's why right. they're so focused, like in libraries, how they want to put all this very um, you know, a, a lot of the hmm, without really having to say go into too much detail, but a lot of the the sexual brainwashing of, you know, you feel like you're a boy, but you're a girl. Well, let's just go ahead and start cutting your stuff off, but don't tell your parents, you know? And so they push all that. They want you to feel like there is no real God. Uh, So it's, a lot of it is really narcissistic too, I think. Yeah, I don't have to be an atheist. Right. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. I didn't mean to cut you off. They, they think it's going to work perfectly and be uh, be hunky dory once you switch over to the other, let's say, the other gender, if you will. And I'm saying the other yeah. gender. I'm not going to say you can't really have an operation to go to one of those other 59 or 73 genders. Whatever. Yeah, it's like uh, Baskin Robbins, only gender rights, right? There's so many well, genders. Which one do you choose? When you're eight so years you... old, it's like, mommy, what am I? Um, well, last well, time I gave you a bath, you looked like a girl. Mm. But here, here yeah. it is. You, you, you cut it off and you think everything's going to work perfectly. How did that work out for John Wayne Bobbitt? Okay. Oh, I lived near him at the time. Just saying that was bad. Oh, yeah. 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 So, well, Chris, to this point now, now one of the things that Lord Black said, that Conrad said, and Elizabeth is, you can, I think agree with this is he talked about all the miracles that cannot be explained. And and let me give you one of the most basics. I was talking to my son about this the other night. We're all familiar because we go to school. You know, we all got degrees, right? I mean, we're all, you know. And one of the things that's um, taught is the nature of matter, to your point, Elizabeth. So uh, we we basically, our body is made up of of compounds, you know, chemical compounds, chemical compounds, uh, bone, skin. It's all made of molecules. Molecules exist. Molecules are made of atoms. Atoms then are made of uh, really uh, protons, neutrons, electrons. You know, they talked about this in Oppenheimer, uh, been nominated for a number of Academy Awards. Great movie, by the way. It's left upset because it's, oh, it's another movie of strong masculine figures. Like, yeah, Oppenheimer, yeah, you had uh, Groves and Oppenheimer, pretty strong guys. 
told to do something, they did it. Yeah, it's really, really bad. And but that's my point. So so we'll get back off. I don't want to talk about Oppenheimer this minute, although it's a great movie. Go see it. Um, the point is that atoms are made of mostly empty space, according to science. And that space is 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 essentially you have things. Um, protons, neutrons, electrons, there's quarks now, subatomic particles, mm-hmm. and they move around. And, and basically the theory, the belief is, and I think it's true, that, that the every, everything we, we have is mostly empty space, that all these things moving at the speed of light uh, basically create the illusion of, 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 of solidity, of matter. Matter. So Elizabeth, substance. What, what, is, what drives, what, where does the energy come from to drive Electrons, neutrons, and protons. Where does it come from? It comes from the creator. Exactly. exactly. Nobody can explain a lot of, how, yeah, a lot of how these things function at that level that. because there's no explanation. But they, they conveniently, oh, it's all science. Like, okay, dude, you know, how, do you, how does gravity work? Well, we really don't know. Yeah, you so, don't when I was in yeah. nursing school, taking anatomy and physiology, we had to take apart the the poor little things. We had dead cats. You know, you had to cut them apart. But you're looking at yeah. everything. So you learn, you learn, yes, the all the matter. So when you look at the uh, circulatory system, you go back to, well, what starts that? Well, it's the heart. What causes the heart to pump? Uh, the You know, the a- aorta. You go through all that. Well, what really sparks the whole thing? What really? Yeah ignites the whole the the life in the human body itself it's the sinoatrial node within the heart let's just call it the sa node what causes that to spark scientists who are of us of this earth who don't believe in god say gosh we can't figure it out well it's god yeah it's the creator yeah it's the sa node in the heart that's what sparks (laughs) electrical impulses that jumpstart the whole Everything, everything in your body that happens right. begins right there, the SA node. Uh, and of course, uh, that is uh, mostly true of most people, except if um, if you're John Kerry, there's a good picture of John Kerry, uh, then it's the bolts in, it's, it's the bolts in your neck. So that's different, though. Yeah. That's that's his bolts. Yeah. So just, just saying, but not in most cases, but I think he's um, he's not human. I mean, I don't want to be sued over this. So, again, I'm theorizing. John, if you're listening, I'm, I'm theorizing you're not human. I'm not making it as a declarative statement. I'm saying it, it's probably true, right? So I can't get sued. Right, Chris? <laughs> no, you probably can't get sued on, uh, this time. But uh, you know, This time. Again, we'll <laughs> talking about these atheists, and they talk about how they follow science because they want to sound smarter than they really are. If you, if you ever go to a bar, and uh, let's say an atheist, a CrossFitter, and a... Uh, and a vegan walk into it, you're all going to know in two minutes. That's it. They just they talk about themselves and how how smart they are because they're a vegan or they're an atheist or or maybe a they're vegan they're a and atheist. And what's the third one? Crossfitter. It's a vegan atheist and crossfitter. They're all the same. They have to tell you who they are and what they are, so they they can tell you oh, how, how much oh, how much better funny. they are, better the better they are than you. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and they are. They'll yeah. tell you right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, to that point, I think many of the things that we take for granted regarding the world and how it operates, I think there's a divine influence that people uh, don't strike that. I think we recognize it. I think the left continues to try to to essentially, um, I don't know what the right word is. They can't eradicate it. Well, no, they they can't really ignore it. It it exists. These things exist. You know, the faith in God and, and God's 
uh, you know, the, the big issues regarding Jesus and all the other things. And uh, there's several shows about Jesus and his time on earth. And Conrad was talking a little bit about that. And I think there's, 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 there's items of faith that cannot easily be disputed or ignored. So in place of that, to your point, Elizabeth, and Chris, maybe you can help talk about this a bit too, is that they've now accepted some pagan-based belief system, which again, you know, uh, Druids are cool people, especially with the the new, the new dancing around fires. uh, That's all good. But yeah, but I'm just saying that that at midnight, that's right. There's good good things about that, but I'm saying that for the most part, then they've abandoned any belief in miracles. Chris, is it, I mean, how do you see that? Well, let's put it this way. They may look, their system of not believing is technically a belief system. Okay. That's right. They're, Absolutely. When, Absolutely. When you're when you're when you're trying to uh, when you're making fun of or you're trying to act superior to people who are uh, who believe in a god yet or something they haven't seen, they're they're believing in something they haven't seen or believing against something they haven't seen. So right. technically, mm-hmm. atheism itself is a religion. I mean, by it definition, is. that's what it is. So it's fun to tell them that if, if one of them starts. Uh, uh, lording over, uh, lording over somebody who's religious, and and talks about how they're so so much smarter because they're atheists. You just say, well, that's the same thing. You're you're definitely a religion. So uh, yeah, you're, and and they have to worship something else. So they still find something to worship. They worship celebrity, celebrity. They worship the right. state. That's how it right. goes. So um, speaking of that, yeah. yeah so um, the, the, um, shout out to Sheree Curry. Sheree does our bumper and and, and theme music. God bless you, Sheree. We were together with Cherie this morning, not not physically. We weren't, you know, she's out on the coast. But Chris and I were talking to her this morning. And one of the things that she brought up is this uh, event in Montana. At the time of taping this, uh, Montana. Montana has allowed for it. Even the governor, former Republican governor of Montana, spoke out saying, oh, yeah, it's okay. These kids have to be taken from their houses if, if the parents won't allow them to be butchered. That's what it comes down to. And so um, the fact is that 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 I I cannot conceive of any situation short of of the child being starved to death and abused that they should be removed from the house. Simply having parents saying, hey, you're 14. You need to wait and see what you believe, you know, eight, nine, 10 years from now before you start Mm -hmm. cutting things off. And to me. That a the the lack of of faith in God, uh, and the inability of, of 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 having individuals to include Republicans, because this dude's a Republican, this guy, this governor, oh. the lack of of moral clarity has permitted this uh, this aberration to exist. Uh, you guys agree with that or not? What do you think? No, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, and, and if I if I were a parent, someone actually really truly try to come into my house, try to take my child, yeah, that's when I. Uh, that's why I engage the Second Amendment. Yeah, uh, that's what, that's yeah. what Sheree said this morning too. She said the exact yep. same thing. Yeah, she said yeah. it had the same response. And and probably if it was really that bad, I'd move. I'd get the hell out of Montana. Yeah. Oh well, God. first off, I mean, let, let's put it this way: is it this yeah. is from Hillary's? This is this is straight from Hillary's book. It uh, it takes a pillage. Okay. I mean, sorry. Yeah. Was it oh. a, I'm sorry. Did I say something wrong? It's I, it takes a village. The idea is pillage. I feel your village. pain, Chris. Right. The, the, her idea is the state raises your children. Remember, right. once That's you drop means. these kids off at school, okay, right. the state <clears throat> controls their lives. Mm-hmm. Now, they think they think you're, now, this is back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. They think you're hitting the kid. The state will take care of it. That's a good thing. 
but that's where it's, it's where it's rooted from. Now, all of a sudden, yeah. now mm-hmm. you're not uh, you're not giving your child gender affirming care because your daughter wants to play basketball and some uh, flag waving rainbow flag waving teachers trying to get her to trans to trans over, mm-hmm. or uh, some guy maybe dances and the or likes to tap dance, and then some other recruiter is trying to get him to. Uh, 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 to switch genders, or at least uh, uh, think about cross-dressing in a way. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay? It's absolutely ridiculous. But I can tell you one thing that's not ridiculous, Tony. What's that? That's Tony's takes. Well, hold on a second. I, I, uh, Chris, Chris I, I, I did not have sex with that woman, Hillary Clinton. I mean, Monica Lewinsky. So, just for the record. Neither one. Yeah. He's Neither just one. Well, no, he did have sex with Monica, according to Credible sources. We'll well, just I was just that. joking. Yeah, uh, according to so, credible sources. Oh, yes. we do have a few moments left in the show, and I want to get some some of Tony's takes here. So let's hear it. Uh, yes, Chris. First off, you took one of mine. And by the way, it is powered by Sig Sauer. Tony's takes is powered by Sig Sauer. Never settle. And I'm going never to have settle. to settle only once because you did steal one of my Tony's takes. But anyway, I I did. <laughs> Wow, that's there's always a danger that since you guys don't tell me what they are, so there you go. I know, I know. I was gonna put them on anything, but I do have something for you. Nancy Pelosi was trying to Nancy Pelosi is trying to deflect the uh, leftist pro Hamas ceasefire demanding protest. She is, yes, yeah, she's because you know what? I'm telling you, this is her baby, and I'll, I'll, I'll explain that. She's floated the idea of get this, Tony, it was Russian collusion, Russia, Russia, Russia. With oh, the rabble, yeah. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Yeah, no, no she's. As I'm believing she's trying to distance uh, the Democrats from what they bred for decades with their policies and indoctrination mm-hmm. in a big election year. They own this. But what's your take? So it's it's very clear, Chris, and ultimately I feel Nancy's pain. The idea that she has been cut off from uh, the unlimited lifetime supply of Stolichnaya vodka is really having an effect. Uh, you know. Uh, Bands go both ways. And so since she can't get to Stoli, she's heartbroken. And so everything looks like Russia when you when you can't get Stoli. Right. I mean, uh, let's face it. And by the way, I, I think uh, I used to as a, as a went back in my drinking age. You know, I'm, I'm 32 years of sobriety. A shout out to Stoli. I used to love their uh, their spiced vodka. Mm-mm-mm. You put that in the freezer yeah. and you have a few shots. So I, I feel Nancy's pain. I do. And I think that's why she's so focused in, on Russia. And okay. uh, by, by the way, Chris, a quick note on that. Did you did you know, did you know that she's a big supporter of, of uh, naval intelligence? Uh, oh, sure. Oh, no, I, I did not know that. Yeah, because she basically looks down at her belly button and looks to lint and, and you, know, you know, naval intelligence, lint, int. She, you can tell you can tell what she's oh. worn for the past five years by the belly button lint in her belly uh, button. Just saying. Well, just saying. Well, just saying. So. Like, yeah, I think it took cool. a little while to hammer that one out. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay, what's the next one? I don't know if the hammer is the right thing. Maybe tweezers, but I'm just—I right. don't know. Well, I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to ask what their favorite Peter Paul and Mary song was, but that's a different story for a different day. All right, it is. I'm going to be the odds maker here. I want to hear what you think about this. All right, there's a lot of yammering going on in the media about a potential running mate for Donald Trump because let's yes. let's face it, he's going to win the primary. So I'm going to give you some odds. Yeah. I want to know what you think about them. All right. Okay. Ron DeSantis is the running mate. 10 to one. I say they're friends now, by the way, they're pals yeah. now. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, I think DeSantis will be great. It, 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 the, the problem is he has to get rid of his line of polyester suits because he's a flame hazard otherwise. Other than that, he's, he's got a pretty good shot. Uh, well, they got, he's got to look. To, they, Trump has to look to 2028, too, as somebody who can. He does. Who can no, I did. I did. No, I mean, I like, I'm, I'm kidding, Ron, if you're listening, I'm kidding. But, um, you know, and, and, you know, Brian Griffin, our, our friend, Brian, one of our distinguished fellows, well, he'll return someday. You know, he was his communications guy. So, you know, I love the Sands folks, but yeah, I think, I think the central is a bit stiff. I think, I think the guy trying to give him that participation trophy, uh, have, sticking the Florida State Patrol on the guy was probably not the right answer. It's like, dude, just roll with the punches, have fun with it, you know? So that wasn't his best moment, but, you know. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm with you. And another one uh, I'm thinking now I, uh, Nikki Haley is probably going to be like a, a 99 to one if that happens, because she's, she's going a little off the rail. She's been an establishment charmer, but I do have a female that might work. Did you know that, that the Prince wrote a song about her? Don't oh, say the yes. lyrics. Whatever you do, don't say the lyrics. I don't know, say the lyrics. We'll get in but trouble. Here, Even here, we get in trouble. But my dark horse, so one of my dark horses oh. is this one, Christy Nome. Um, yeah. Oh, I like her. She's, she did a good. She was. She became a little more well known during the uh, during the uh, uh, pandemic. pandemic. She opened up earlier yeah. and did a very good job. Uh, yeah. She. You know, if you're looking for a female running mate, this might be the person you're looking for. I, look, I think it's a great idea. She looks a bit like Kimberly Goldfoyle too, so she'll fit right in. So oh, I, I yeah, think it's good. Does. Yeah. That works and, for me. Uh, yeah. And I like Kimberly. I not, you know, I, I, Kimberly and I are friendly. So I'm. Um, I'm just saying that. Uh, look, uh, anyone who basically has the ability to think for themselves, which she did. It's like, hey, this pandemic stuff, I'm I'm going my own way. And and she went through hell for that because obviously the powers that be, the deep state and you know, people even in Trump's own administration were, no, she's she's jeopardizing the lives of citizens. Like, no, she's not. She's doing what's best for her citizens and opening up. And I think right. uh, we, you know, we've done a number of, of of shows where we talk about this. Yeah, she she went the right direction early. And that's great. Yep. Uh, and she, which I put her up, I put her, I, I was going to have her at 20 to one, but I think she's a lot closer to that. She seems to fit the, she seems to be able to be the sort of uh, anti-Trump on the female side, but there yeah. is an anti-Trump on the male side who I really oh. think should be the nominee for, for that okay. reason. And he, he has nothing. I mean, it's, it's very hard to get anything on this guy. And he was pretty polite and, and got some extra name recognition during the primary. It's Doug Burgum. You know, you brought him up to me before. Tell us about Doug, Chris, because I don't know anything about this guy. I believe he was the North Dakota governor. He was very quiet. Yeah. He actually made some very good points during the first debate uh, under the yeah. radar because the media didn't bother covering him. So um, I, I, I don't want I don't want to ask a personal question, but uh, th does he like work with um, with caterpillars by chance? I don't know. Are these things come up. <laughs> Oh, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for those listening, um, Chris has got a picture of uh, Governor Burnham up and it looks like he's well, got like uh, Eugene butterfly ca caterpillars hanging out over his eyes. So, you know, Eugene Levy, that's that's a good one. Eugene, I like Eugene Levy. I miss Second City TV, you know. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I will also ask you the question here. Yeah. Uh, the, the people keep throwing around uh, Tucker Carlson. Tucker. That doesn't seem to make sense. It it just doesn't make sense at all. Do you want me to text him and ask? No, I won't. He, he won't answer. No, I mean, I mean, no. Commentators commentators should not be. Uh, I mean, I mean, look, he probably wouldn't be able to handle the demo, the demotion anyway. So we'll just put it that way. So I think Tucker would be flattered by it, and I think Trump would even talk to him about it. But no, one of the thing, one of the notable features, and I've said this about a number of folks that went into the Trump administration, who were personalities. I won't mention any names. 
but you can probably figure out who I'm talking about. They had no background in governance, no ability to understand levers and mechanisms of governance. And their their stay at the White House was pretty short because, frankly, you get in there. This is like going. This is like being on the Titanic and said, "Oh, you're you're the guy in charge of uh, the boilers now. Good luck with that." And you haven't you haven't even <laughs> ever once even put a Navy uniform on. It's like, really, I'm in charge of this now. So I, I'd like to believe there was a lesson there for a number of folks. And I love Tucker. Tucker, I consider him, you know, we're not friends, but we're associates. I, I don't think that would be a good idea. So, But I do think he's a fantastic I, host. And he's, he's very I could be wrong, but I get the impression that Vivek is hoping Trump will make him his VP. Vivek. Or yeah. maybe hey. not his VP, somewhere on his cabinet. Well, Vivek, I, Vivek, I put it 70 to 1 because he's too much like Trump. He should He's probably going to be in the cabinet. He's probably going to be very prominent. Okay. Well, I know, I, I hate to say it, that time has come again and it's gone fast. It's the end of another episode of The Hard Truth, Tony Schaefer, and I've been joined, obviously, with the the ever-brilliant and uh, always diamond-esque uh, Elizabeth Breckenkamp and uh, the uh, the colorful rainbow-esque and i would say almost a watercolor chris cordani so he's he's watercolor today because he's been like uh under the weather right yeah so right now it's more like finger paint it's fingerprint that's right mm. so and don't and, and by the way don't eat the paste don't whatever they yeah. say in kindergarten it's not good for you don't eat the paste so anyway we'll be back next week with another hard-hitting episode of the hard tricks tony shaper until then we get you know go out by six hour be sure and check out Cherie uh, Curry's music, get her, download her stuff, and we'll be back next week again uh, for another show.